Hello and welcome back to the Being Black Pod. Today we are welcoming Nafis Norris. But before we start, I want to give the listeners a trigger warning. In today's conversations, we will be talking about very sensitive topics such as suicide and homelessness. If these are two topics that are uncomfortable for you, please do not hesitate to turn off the podcast now. Our next podcast will be February 4th and the entire month of Black History Month, February and Women's History Month, March, we'll be releasing episodes weekly. Today we are welcoming Nafis Norris. Nafis is a 27-year-old North Philadelphia native that works as a scientist at GlaxoSmithKline. He received his bachelor's degree from Newman University in 2020 and his master's degree in biopharmaceutical process engineering in 2021. He's currently working on a program that will help more Black and Indigenous students break into STEM. Before we get into our conversation, I want to update our listeners on things that they should know. For Black and Women's History Month, February and March respectively, the Being Black Pod will release weekly episodes to celebrate Black creators and change makers on Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So starting February 4th, we will be posting weekly for the next two months. Be sure to follow us on Being Black Pod on Instagram to keep up to date with episodes and learn more about our guests. And lastly, I really want to encourage you all to take the time to subscribe on whichever platform you are listening on and leave us a rating because ratings are super important to help us be discovered as a podcast. I want to get back into our conversation with Nafis, but to give me and our listeners a point of reference, we're going to kickstart with four questions. So you ready, Nafis? Absolutely. (laughs) All right. What does being Black mean to you? Being Black to me, um, a, a lot of people will say a lot of different things. And this was a question that was actually posed to me like a few months ago in all transparency. And I was speechless because it, it can mean so many different things. So I gave my honest answer and being Black to, being black to me means wow. Mm-hmm. Because whenever we do something, there's always a wow behind right. it, right? So it's like, wow, you went through that and you got here. Wow. This person accomplished this despite of this. Wow. You know what I mean? Anything yeah. that we see, wow. If you look at all the artists, um, whether if it be in creative writing, whether if it be in music, um, if you look at the athletes, if you look at the Black scientists and the Black doctors, you know, for me, if a Black doctor walks in the office, wow. that's like a wild factor for me so and then to even be a black scientist myself and go back to the hood from time to time and you know give back to the community it's always wow like you you came from the same hood we came from right and you're now here so it's it's wild so being black to me is just a huge wild factor there's nothing that we can't do honestly I like that. I haven't heard that. Wow. Wow. LOL. That's funny. Um, my next question for you is when did you first find out that you were Black or if you were perceived as different from other people? A, a lot of people, they, they realize it young, right? Like they may have had a situation that happened or something like that. Right. Um, but for me, I was around my my own kind. You know, I was around a black community. Like, you know, I didn't have experience being with, you know, 
being around, you know, the Asian or, you know, um, Caucasian or anything of that, you know, just growing up in the hood, I didn't get that experience mm -hmm. until I went off to Newman University. Right. And um, I, I, you know, it was one day that, you know, I started realizing some certain things, like, you know, um, I just remember feeling kind of uncomfortable with some of the conversations you would hear by like mm -hmm. others. And then, you know, being called the N-word, right? Um, on campus, I never saw who it was. There was one day um, we had a track meet and I, I ran track to Newman University. And um, I remember getting off the bus and I had just broke a record. I've been breaking records every week. Right. You know, everybody's talking about me. I feel like, you know, on top of the world. And, you know, I just at that time I felt invincible. Right. And I get off the, like the, the little tour bus, you know, coming back from New York. And I was caught the N-word uh, by some guys riding by. And obviously I was in an all-white neighborhood and I was like, I, at that point, I didn't feel safe. Example, there was a time where, um, you know, actually sad but true story. I'm on the phone um, with my brother and uh, I was on campus. At that time, I was a resident assistant. Mm. Um, you know, so we kind of stayed back after everybody left for break. And I'm on the phone with my brother and the conversation got heated. No threats were made, no curse words were used, none of that stuff. It just was a heated conversation. And um, I remember campus safety, they, they come up to me and they're like, hey, um, Mr. Norris, you good and everything? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. So I went and sat in the classroom. They said, you know, hey, um, we, we need you to, I need you to leave the classroom. Okay, cool. They said it was a noise complaint. Okay, cool. No problem. I, I get that. You know, I, I was a little too loud. No problem. So I'm leaving. And they were like, uh, Mr. Nars, no, we need you to leave the building. And I was like, what? what what's going on? And so they literally tell me, they said, there are three women. Um, they were all white. And they barricaded themselves in the classroom and Hold on. them. And I was, and one of them was my advisor. Hold on. And, <laughs> yeah. True story. True story. And um, I'm sitting there and I'm like, everybody knows me on campus. Everybody knows who I am. I'm this nice guy. I'm, you know, I'm calm, cool, collective, you know what I mean? I'm this, I've always had a positive energy about me, you know, from people's perspective. And right. I'm sitting there like, are you kidding me? And then next thing you know, I, I hear walkie talkies going off. They're like, Mr. Nars, um, the police are on their way. I'm like, yo, what type time is we on today? And so I said, all right. So I said, they were like, they're actually outside right now and they're coming up the stairwell. And I said, they, so they walked me through the back. Security's like, 
go and leave right now. I said, no. I said, here's what needs to happen. Because if I leave right now, they're going to come looking for me. That's true. And I'm going to be guilty. Right. So I said, I remember, it was like one of the scariest moments of my life. I had my phone um, and I had a black case on it. Right. Could be something else. So I gave the phone to a security guard. I had a black water bottle. I gave the water bottle to security, other security guard. And I remember I had to zip up all my pockets, everything on my coat. Right. And I literally had to walk in the stairwell with my hands up. Um, thankfully, um, my mother said I always had my father's charm. I was able to sweet talk them. Sweet <laughs> <laughs> talk the police. And, um, you know, they said everything was fine. And, you know, they left and went about their way. And the school still put me on probation. And I, I, I did no wrong. I never got an apology. None of that stuff. All the people that said they would stick up for me did not stick up for me um, there. And that was like one of the first times where I realized, all right, I'm, 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 I'm really different up here. I'm really viewed because there have been similar situations as an RA where we've been trained to de-escalate the situation. Like, hey, what's, what's going on? Not, you know, to just automatically call the police because at right. that time, I'm, I'm curious to know if I'm going to go home alive, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, cause during that, you know, and it's still today, but you know, uh, people can get a little trigger happy. So. Right. That's, that's wild. I do know, like, at least for me, um, I also studied engineering in undergrad and I would always have to, wouldn't have to, it was of course a lot of work. So I was always in the library all the time. Um, and I would always leave a library super late at night and it became like a habit. Like every time I left the library late, a public safety officer would stop me and ask me for my student ID. I'm like, Oh, like, where are you going? And I'm like, it's 2am sir. Like why would a random person be on campus with a backpack and a building mm-hmm. lanyard? <laughs> why would I just be walking on campus? You know? Um, but it is definitely unfortunate. I think that's very much a reality. So do you think that that affected you like a lot throughout college? Like you said, there was multiple other, you know, examples or experiences that you've had, like being othered during your college experience. Yeah, it, it pushed me. Um, cause, cause usually I, I find that, um, usually I, I find that, that that hurt my feelings. I'm not going to lie. Like me being, you know, who I was on that campus. That hurt my feelings because I was like, why would somebody do that to me? You know right. what I mean? And then that like other incidents, I remember my chemistry teacher, who I who I still talk to today. And um I would say that this man is invited to the cookout, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember he pulled me to the side and he said, Listen, he was actually the first teacher to ever fail me. Uh my chemistry teacher. And we became we're still best friends to this day. Mm-hmm. And um, he pulled me to the side because I remember I got so angry in a, in a lab, in a lab course, and I walked out of class. And um, uh, it was physics, and he wasn't even teaching class, and he walked out. And I, no, I walked out, sorry. And he was like, he actually grabbed me 
like he was my older brother. So he was like, hey, he said, listen, you know, I'm rooting for you. He said, listen, I'm not going to blow no smoke at you, but I understand the situation because he knew that I walked out because he's seen in his class the previous year that not a lot of the white students wanted to work with me. Right. And it was just kind of like a bummer. Like they would, you know, I would hear conversations. They would talk down on me and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I would say that he supported me through that whole thing. You know, he's the only person I would let, uh, only professor I know that I would let grip me by my shoulder. Right. You know, like, you know, let's keep a cool head because you understand what this is. They cannot see you fold. Um, and just going back to answering the question, you know, it affected me by pushing me because pain has a way of pushing you. Mm-hmm. I've used all types of pain, which, you know, um, we'll probably get into the interview later. I've used all types of pain in my lifetime to push me. Right. Um, so it, it pushed me to graduate with a degree in biology. Um, not knowing I was going to do it at the time, but. It... And then last question. Do you have any advice for your younger self? For my younger self? Mm-hmm chill bro now i'm playing um, <laughs> um, if, if i had to talk to my younger self i would say that everyone is assigned to a mountain to show others that it can be moved just just understand that this this mountain that you have is your individual mountain and a lot of people are going to approach this mountain behind you and it's up to you to move it, right? So, and I always tell people trailblazing is not for the weak. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do not want to take on that challenge in the mountain, it will be passed to somebody else. And you will never have that, I'll say, victory of moving that mountain that you were assigned to. Right. No, well, I, I don't look at no mountain bigger, you know, no mountain bigger than the other everybody has that mountain that they're assigned to so and it's your job to show the younger generation and people come behind you for advice later down the line i don't know how to do this and i've I never been there um, i've been through that i know exactly what you're going through right and move this mountain i like that so much and that's actually a perfect segue um because i I don't know exactly when we followed one another. I know that you had come up to me and told me that like you had seen, you had followed India and that you knew about my, you know, content. Um, and then, you know, I immediately followed you back and, and just a quick scroll through your page. I saw like, you've really gone through a lot. Um, so if you're comfortable, you know, speaking about, you know, what your mountain is per se um, and kind of how you got to this point, I would absolutely love that. Um, that is a very long story. No, I'm fine. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, you know, to get here, I, I honestly, if you would have told me like 10 years ago, well, actually nine years ago when, when I graduated high school a long time ago, um, if you would have told me like, 
I would be this scientist dude working in a lab and working at this big biopharma company. I probably would have laughed you at the box and probably would have cussed you out in the next five minutes. Right. Um, <laughs> um, but there was a lot of things I had to go through, um, even like mental health wise. Um, I never felt worthy to be in this like predicament. Um, mm-hmm. Even it, um, I battled with depression, depression since the age of 10. Um, not a lot of people noticed, but um, I did have like, you know, multiple suicide attempts on my life, mm-hmm. four to be exact. Mm-hmm. First one being um and then uh, then on top of that experience in homelessness twice you know watching you know and then going through a quote-unquote eviction with um you know my parents at that time that was that was pretty tough and um just all the things I had to battle through it was nothing but faith that like really really kept me and um I would go to church but I ain't like really pay attention like for for all them years until I got grown was like really going through some stuff right but those times I actually used to push me um like from all the things that I, I I'm very transparent on my page so everything that I talk about um, is to encourage somebody else. Like I said, you know, to show others that this man can be moved. Right. Um, so it, there, there's a lot to say. I was just trying to see if you would be comfortable, you know, talking a little bit about your journey. Because, again, when I went through your page, I, I don't know if it was a video or maybe a story that you posted. And I was like, damn, I did not know that. Um, I think it was, you had posted on your story, I remember this in particular, um, how you were a stand-up comedian. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, during that time, that was 2013 to like 2015. Okay. A, a friend of mine, my boy Yenny, he said, yo, he said, all this stuff that you're going through, you should just like talk about it because you're funny when you talk about it. Right. Did it and it went it started going like at first at first I did really bad I was I was getting booed like I, I like I actually had somebody throw you know the end piece of bread like the butter the bread like a like a cheese they go no. somebody flung that at me on stage got a ketchup stain on my I was so mad but um I did that and I remember um you know I said all right some got to give I did it and I kept doing it I, I just kept going because I like to see things through the end mm-hmm. and I actually got a deal I got a deal at a club and I turned it down because I promised my mom I wouldn't cuss on stage What? I turned it down and I, I, I always keep I always keep my word I always keep my promises to my mom and my family and stuff like that and I said right you don't want me to cuss. I can't do it. I couldn't take it. So I started working at McDonald's. Okay. And um, I had actually gotten this into, into some. It, this story was actually not on social media that okay. I liked it. Okay. So you, you get the tea right here. Um, so there was a time 
I walked at McDonald's. Um, I got a job uh, through the church I was going through at the time. And I remember I was working there for like two months and I was like, this can't be like, you know how they tell you in school, like, don't be the person flipping the burgers. Right. I was the person flipping the burgers. Mm. Like, and I sat there and I was like, this can't be my life. I said, this can't be. And so it was one day I got so frustrated. I remember I threw the spatula onto the grill and I was like, I'm done. I threw the spatula and I remember I threw up my hands, but I'm so irate at this point. Like I'm not paying attention. I threw up my hands like, forget it. And all the hamburger trays came down. (laughs) And so I walked out. And I said, I'm going home. And I walked to the nearest church, which was actually my home church at the time. Okay. And I remember I sat in the office and um, in one of the, like the minister's offices and he gets on the phone, ironically, because the CEO of that McDonald's was close with the church because that's how I got the job. Mm. So to the church he's like we're pressing charges on this kid i had that they were they said for destruction of property and for they said that i made a threat that i was going home to get a gun somebody added that part and i was my man why would i say that like so they were sitting there like mind you cops are on their way Right. And I'm kidding, man. I'm just this 19 year old kid just fearing for my life. Right. I'm sitting on Googling like how much time I'm going to get. And I'm like, and I never forget my youth pastor, William Hatcher. He still mentors me to this day. Um, he found out what happened and he called that CEO. And he said, I'm only let this kid off the hook under one condition. He said, you have to take this kid and mentor him and make sure he stays out of trouble. And I will drop all the charges. And right there, he said, I will take this kid under my wing, drop the charges right now. We are good to go. And from there, I went to college. <laughs> like, I literally went, I literally went to college. I, I remember in my account, it was negative $21.79 in my account. I used my last paycheck from McDonald's to buy this cheap Intel laptop to go to community college of Philadelphia, study for my placement test. Um, did pretty good. I didn't know what I was doing, uh, like going to college and stuff like that. Right. I had an F in algebra my first semester. Algebra's that, hard. Algebra's difficult. <laughs> Don't sweat I, it. I found calculus easier than algebra. It is. I 100% agree. Yeah. So I said, you know what? The advisor told me at the time, she said, you're not cut out for the sciences. I said, word. I said, okay, tell you what. I'm going to come back here in four years, and I'm going to slap my degree on your desk. And I walked out. And then I transferred to Newman, 
you know, because some friends got me into the school. And I was like, how the heck that happened? And because <laughs> they were recruiting me for track. So I went right. to them. And a lot of people don't know, but I failed four classes and withdrew from three. So that's technically failing seven classes. Yeah. And um, it was just something I just kept pushing. Even in my senior year, I... I was living out of my car for a portion of time and I'm studying for finals living out of my car. Right. And that was the second time I was homeless. And I'm like, I, I gotta, I gotta get through this. And, um, th- I guess I don't want to go into your questions, but, um, this is how I actually got into grad school from being on perfect segue. Keep it going. Um, so during that time, I was living out of my car and a lady, one of my teachers uh, from school, Dr. Heron, uh, my chemistry teacher again, <laughs> um, he found out and he made a few phone calls and they got me a room for winter break. Mm-hmm. And during that time, you know, I'm like, all right, I got a room and my, I'm driving like an hour and a half to my internship and back and all this other stuff. And I'm only making like $700 every two weeks. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, cool. So then, um, sadly, I had a really bad breakup with someone that I was with during that time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, God, come on, man. <laughs> like, you got to give me something. There was a lady named Miss Carla Green that I'm very close with. Um, I'm close with her family. She calls me on that Saturday morning, 7.30 in the morning. I'm like, who the heck is coming? Saturday morning, man. And she was hey, I'm having a play rehearsal. Um, can you can you get down here and just be an extra? I really need your help. And I'm like, I'm really not in the mood. I like this just I'm telling her like girl just left me I'm going through all this stuff and she was like I don't know why but I feel she told me word for word I feel like God is pushing me to tell you to get here and I was like all right whatever lady so I she prayed with me over the phone and so okay. I, I I remember I got dressed and I drove about like uh, 45 minutes to Philly to, to go to the play rehearsal. And so I'm sitting there and one of my old pastors come up to me. He said, hey man, what's going on? I'm like, yo, what's up pastor? What's up, what's up my man? And he was like, you still doing the science thing? I said, yeah, I graduate in May. He said, all right, I want to introduce you to somebody. And I kid you not, right then and there, he introduced me to the director of the program at Jefferson that I got into that just so had he was actually the nephew of Miss Carla that told me to get there oh, and wow. he said um he said I never met a black scientist before when they told me what he was I was like yo and then they said he's a PhD I was like yo my jeep was good <laughs> You know, and um, he said, 
He said, so you, 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 you in biology from what I heard? I said, yeah. And I'm not a starstruck person, but that day I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, me and him got to talking. He said, tell you what, I want to invite you for a tour of the lab and see how you like it. I come up for a tour. The tour turns into the interview. Oh, wow. And that day they actually accepted me into the program. No, like you're talking and like people can feel however they feel, but that's, that's God. I don't really, um, (laughs) what other reason could that be? Yeah. Like literally, I I, I literally called Miss Carl all the time. I'm like, thank God for you. For real. For real. That's wild. Yeah. So that was actually how I got into the program. I had no, and to be honest with you, I had no clue what bioprocessing was. I had no clue about nothing. And I'm like, he introduced me to a whole realm of stuff. I was like, dude, what the heck? What is, what is a react? What is a reactor? (laughs) What is that? And, um, he, like, he, you know, he, and to this day, you know, he, he's one of those guys that I can call from time to time and he can give me advice. Right. You know, and through him, I've met so many other people. Um, I, I, I've been relatively good at networking. So I just like kind of go up to people. Hey, you know, my professor, man. And they're like, Oh yeah. So, yeah. You know, um, he's been nothing but a great mentor and he's, he's always looked out and, you know, and he told me at first, he told me, he said, listen, there's not many black people in biopharma. You can, you can be a trailblazer. And um, it, it, it just shot off from there. Then people started finding out I was the first black student to get in. And because uh, they had bought in a team, like the media team to just talk about the program. And then they found out right. and they were, oh, wait, let's, Let's flip this story here. <laughs> and um, Phil, if your inquiry got hold of it, and the next thing I know, like, I, I kid you not, Channel 6 wrote me on Twitter. That's so cool. <laughs> they, they DM'd me on Twitter. I'm like, oh, snap, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> but, um, and then things just, like, took off from there. It, it, happened, it happened so fast, though. Mm-hmm. So fast. That's really cool. So like what you blew up, obviously, the news got the story, you graduated, you start working as a scientist now, what can we expect from you? Because I feel like now you're trying to dabble in content creation, you have a potential new lab or program that you're trying to do, what, what do you want for yourself next? So there's a couple things that I'm, I'm working on. Um, uh, as far as content creation, um, I, and I'm sure you can attest to this. You see a lot of people come like writing some of the most ridiculous facts that are not true. Yeah. And like, oh, this is a conspiracy. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) Um, I'm like, oh my God. 
and I know I have the education on it to talk about it mm-hmm. and I have the background to talk about it. So there are some things I want to, I want to give actual scientific facts and not Twitter facts as I call them. Right. Um, to, to at least keep my community educated. Right. Um, you know what I mean? So, and then also I want to continue on with, uh, encouraging, uh, that that's, that's my main, like, pride and joy is to encourage somebody um i'm never a person and i could finally answer this question i'm never a person to go back and read the comments there's a reason why i don't read comments on instagram because i never wanted to get prideful Mm -hmm. i never wanted to be swayed to the left of oh i'm big-headed or if somebody says something that i don't like of you know that would like bring me down. So right. I, I just looked at them, but it was one day I actually took a look at them. And then I, I read some DMs, the amount of people that have been inspired and encouraged that I did not know what they were going through. I It actually made me cry. Like I, I, I literally broke down in here and I'm kind of like trying to keep it together right now talking about it. Right. But I literally broke down because I did not know that people needed this. People needed my transparency. And this goes for anybody that's making content, like, you know, that's where other people are. And, you know, people, I always want to be reachable, you know, um, and just be transparent. So that's one thing I want to do with my content is continuously encourage people and let people know that you can do this you know, if you have the faith. Um, and uh, as far as like what I'm working on, um, I actually uh, have been speaking with a lawyer on actually starting the business um, because obviously I want to have a research lab. Right. Um, and obviously I am going to have a research lab one day. Period. Period. there there's some things that i wanted to get in order prior to that as far as like i didn't have any knowledge about like how to file a business and Mm -hmm. all of the kid the business plan so i've actually been like kind of like sitting with it a little bit at a time each and every day and even trying to gain more information on you know what i want my research lab to be Mm -hmm. Um, and particularly like the niche of it um, so I've actually like, I'll, I'll cold call, you know, like I, I've talked to CEOs on like, Hey, how'd you do it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not, uh, I'll text you like two in the morning. Hey, what do you think about <laughs> like, dude, like you're ambitious, but God, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I ask questions about that. But one of the things that, um, I've actually been doing, um, not for profit or anything, but um, because I got a little juice, quote unquote, um, one of the things that I want my business to focus on in the next uh, year or so um, is I've been, I've partnered with a company, which I will not name as of right now until everything is finalized, but get black and indigenous students internships and STEM fields, because it is incredibly tough 
if you don't have the high GPAs and the network, you know, cause I went to school with kids that were like, Oh, my, my father's the team doctor of this NFL team. And I'm yeah. like, my, my dad worked at the water department. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was just like, so now at that point, I'm your plug. I'm your yeah. network. I'm, I'm vouching for you. So, and uh, successfully, I've been able to get, I got my first student, my first, uh, their first internship. Congratulations. Uh, offers on the table in less than 48 hours. Because um, when people say that they're motivated, that they're passionate, I challenge them to think. Like, you know, if, if you, because this whole plan B scenario, I'm believing that. So I challenge them. The first thing I ask them, like, so if this fails, what you going to do? And they'll be like, well, I guess I can. I Now, nah, let's cut that. <laughs> going to do this no matter what. If you really want to do this, you're going to do it. So those are things, helping kids get internships and um, actually working to develop a scholarship called the Rise Above Award that I've been working on for a long time now. And um, uh, going to start opening that up, I believe, in March. So there's a lot of different things coming up. Okay, well, me and the listeners have a lot of things to look out for. Um, This has been super cool. And I want to round out our episode by doing a lightning round. Um, Basically, I'm going to ask you like this or that questions. And I have five of them for you. Okay. So you don't have to put a lot of thought into them. You just answer whichever. Um, Ready? Absolutely. Praise break or runner? Oh, praise break. Easy. Okay. All right. Next question. (laughs) Collard greens or green beans? Collard greens. Oh, collard greens. Three liter bioreactor or 200 liter bioreactor? Three liter. Chris Tucker or Tracy Morgan? Ooh. (laughs) That's hard, isn't it? (laughs) Chris Tucker, that's my boy. Friday, I'm sorry. (laughs) And last but not least, peach cobbler or sweet potato pie? Oh, peach cobbler. That was the right answer. <laughs> yeah, that was the right answer. Well, I deeply appreciate you taking the time to speak with me and talk more about your life. Um, I've been super excited to talk with you because, of course, you know, I know you through work, but also, you know, taking this time to really get to know you and your story and seeing, you know, how you got here, I think will really deepen, you know, our friendships. So I, again, really, really appreciate you taking the time. Um, As for the listeners, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, we are going to be releasing um, weekly episodes in February and March for Black History Month and Women History Month. And again, I just really appreciate it. This really made my day. So thank you, Nafis. Oh, thank you so much. And I got to say, y'all, real quick, if I can just say to you, listen, commit the best that wish you do. I be trying to stay in care routines and all that. I'm like, oh, my God. But one of the most nicest and genuine people I've ever met, seriously. Um, so, uh, keep doing what you're doing. And I just want to say, please like, seriously, keep doing what you're doing. Cause this has not only encouraged me, but I know it's going to encourage so many others being a black woman in STEM and actually thriving in it. You know what I mean? Oh, I read your profile. You've been presenting the work and everything like he's doing everything. And you, you, you done wrote a paper and stuff like that. I'm like, Gee. so keep doing what you're doing. Um, because 
like I said earlier, wow. So, <laughs> And with that, again, thank you for tuning in. Make sure that you subscribe and rate the podcast and we will see you next week. Bye. All right, bye.